Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Thanks for joining us for another edition of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. I'm your host for this week's episode, Taylor West. I'm also the Deputy Director at NCIA. And with me is my partner in crime and our fearless leader, Executive Director Aaron Smith. Thanks for joining me, Aaron. Always great to be here, Taylor. And this week, it's not just the two of us. We are also fortunate to be joined by NCIA's other co-founder, Steve Fox. Together, Aaron and Steve created NCIA from scratch back in the long-ago days of 2010, and Steve has been a critical part of NCIA's advocacy efforts ever since. Steve, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, uh, happy to be here. So, Steve, let's start off with a little bit of your background, since I believe this is your first time on the show, so a lot of folks may be meeting you for the first time. Uh, So tell our audience a little bit about your history with the cannabis reform movement overall. Sure. Yeah, I started, I actually realized that just last month was basically my 15-year anniversary of working in the movement. I started with the Marijuana Policy Project back in 2002, heading up uh, the federal lobbying efforts for the organization um, through 2005. And uh, around that time, I also helped get uh, the organization safer off the ground in Colorado, which was intended to educate the public about less harmful than alcohol as a way of building support for reform and making the ground fertile for an eventual eventual legalization effort, uh, which I then uh, managed on behalf of MPP uh, in 2012 with the Amendment 64 campaign. And along the way, doing all that work in Colorado, although based in D.C., um, I came to know uh, a lot of business owners in Colorado, and and that is in part uh, what led to the the formation of um, NCIA back in 2010, as you mentioned. Uh, And today... um, uh, I work with the Vicente Cederberg law firm in Denver, but but also spend a, a significant portion of my time uh, helping direct the policy council for NCIA, which we'll be talking about a bit later. Absolutely. So, Aaron, when did you and Steve really start making plans for NCIA? How how did that come about? Well, I guess it was in the uh, summer of 2010, Steve and, and I started talking about uh, his idea to to make sure that this this new industry that we were seeing emerge had a, a voice at the federal level through kind of the traditional trade association model. And uh, as Steve mentioned, he had a lot of uh, contacts and, and connections in the emerging industry in Colorado. I had uh, many in California where I was working. And, and by the way, at the time, Steve and I both worked for uh, the Marijuana Policy Project. And uh, believe it or not, back then, I think probably between Steve and I, we we knew just about all of the players in the in the national cannabis industry. <laughs> that's how uh, 
how small it was in 2010 and brought together uh, about, I think it was about 30 uh, key members from different states across the country to form our initial board and and then launch in, in December of 2010. Steve, can you think of any good stories from back then that really show how things have changed? I, I mean, aside from the fact that you knew the entire industry back then, which is funny enough as it is, uh, but... You know, that must have been a very different time uh, trying to convince business owners back then that they needed to uh, really be investing in, in federal advocacy work. Yeah, yeah, that really one of the stories or one of the things that stands out most to me is that that early work going around talking to different individuals uh, just to at first just see what they thought of the idea of a of a national industry association and and as you mentioned a number of people I won't really call them out by name uh, <laughs> but but people who were who are still prominent in the industry right now felt like people were focus more on on state efforts and local efforts and they they weren't going to be ready to focus on the federal level but but we managed to to push through and and find enough people to to give it a shot and just just move from there yeah a little little different than back then than the days of now where we have more than 1200 member businesses within CIA and, and a whole lot of focus on federal policy right now so let's actually transition to talking about that. Uh, you know, I think our audience at this point knows that NCIA does a lot of work in Washington, D.C. on behalf of the industry, on, on behalf of our member businesses. But, Steve, you're actually there in D.C. You're doing a lot of that work on a daily basis. What are our relationships with members of Congress, for instance, like now versus kind of where they were in those early days. Yeah, you can really sense the change that's occurred uh, symbolically uh, just last week. Uh, they, they launched the Cannabis Caucus finally in Congress after uh, talking about doing that for, for a long time. And, and that just shows that, that there's really now out front legitimate support for changing the laws. And, and there's um, more activity going on and, and everything is just taken more seriously. We certainly had uh, core supporters uh, back in 2010, uh, people like Representative Blumenauer and, and Rohrbacher who are, who are still leads in, in what we're doing, but the breadth of support now is, is far greater and there, there's just a lot more receptiveness to what we're doing. Uh, everything's being taken more seriously. And there's, there's an understanding that we really have reached the point where it's a matter of, of how, not whether, uh, laws are going to change. And, and now, now the focus is, is going on, on changing those laws. And, and we've seen since we started uh, the level of support growing, and that's been... Um, demonstrated with, with various votes that have taken place both both on the House floor and, and in Senate committees. Aaron, you helped organize the very first NCIA lobby days. Now, we're going to be talking a little later in the show about our upcoming lobby days, which are our seventh annual, uh, but that first one has to hold a little bit of a special place in your heart. What was that like? Yeah, I think we had uh, maybe five business owners out uh, for the lobby days, which, of course, now we, we, we're used to seeing well over 100. 
Um, <clears throat> and one thing that was really, you know, noticeable is looking at the difference between uh, the first lobby days in early 2011 uh, to, to last year was in 2011, we kicked off with a press conference. And I think we, you know, we were really hustling to get members of Congress out to the, the press conference. It was NCIA's first press conference ever, I believe. And uh, we got uh, Congressman Blumenauer, Congressman uh, Polis, and Congressman Rohrbacher, uh, all, you know, three names that are very well known to anybody following marijuana politics on the Hill as our champions. And uh, this uh, last year, we had you know almost a dozen members of Congress showing up to our PAC reception. Members who, you know, frankly, I, I had to look up their bios quickly online to see how to introduce them because their, you know, their names were not household names to the cannabis industry uh, because they were just you know there's being taken seriously uh, in a way that we've never seen before, where this is no longer uh, a hot sensitive political subject for elected officials to touch and, and in fact we're, we're being embraced uh, at a level that that I think some of us really just didn't even imagine would, would happen so quickly. Yeah it's pretty incredible to think that just seven years ago you had six industry leaders with you and last year we had 150 and we're going to talk about this more after the break but we're expecting you know maybe double that this year. Uh, it really says something about not only how quickly the industry is growing, but how our influence on Capitol Hill is growing. So we are going to take that short break. Uh, but when we come back, we will have more about NCIA's upcoming lobby days. And we'll talk in a little more detail about NCIA's new policy council. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents the newest and greatest podcast in the galaxy, The Real Dirt with Chip Baker. Your insider industry connection to accurate and entertaining information about cannabis technology, production, cultivation, and everything in between. Rolling joints and dropping knowledge about cannabis technology, production, cultivation, and everything in between. The future of legal cannabis has arrived, and we want to give you The Real Dirt with Chip Baker. Look for new episodes at CannabisRadio.com, TheRealDirt.com, or subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. <sighs> cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase. And it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. Pay quick. The safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back. I'm your host, Taylor West, Deputy Director of NCIA. 
And joining me is our executive director and co-founder, Aaron Smith. Plus, we've got Steve Fox, another NCIA co-founder and a strategic advisor for the organization. In this week's Cannabis Industry Voice, we've been talking with Aaron and Steve about the advances in advocacy and lobbying work that NCIA has made in its history. And I want to go now to our one of our latest developments uh, on the policy front. Steve, NCIA recently formed a policy council of 17 industry leaders with you as council director. I want to ask you to tell us a little bit about why that was formed and kind of what it is that, that the policy council is planning to do. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the main reason behind it uh, is that um, while NCIA has been, has been doing great work, is now representing you know, 1,200 businesses and is the lead entity lobbying at the federal level uh, on, on banking and, and taxes, other issues that come up, um, I thought it would make sense, uh, at least the, the original idea, was to also allow NCIA to uh, move into the, the world of policy development. And, you know, as we move forward towards legalization at the federal level, uh, there, there are all kinds of issues to address, um, starting you know, with issues like how, how should marijuana be treated at the federal level, whether it should be treated like alcohol or an herbal supplement or a pharmaceutical or all of the above, how do we deal with um, issues like pesticides and, and food product safety and um, uh, what wise tax look like and all kinds of issues like that. Um, and, and we want to make sure, you know, in my conversations with Aaron, um, that, that NCIA was, was the leader in that area as well. So, so that's really the, the primary purpose of the council. Essentially, it's almost like a, an in-house think tank for NCIA developing federal cannabis policy. So this is really forward-looking. I mean, th- this is kind of looking at what happens potentially at a point where we're not just trying to get the legal status of cannabis changed at the federal level, but really what a federal government's policy toward cannabis might be after that point. So this is a really forward-looking idea. I mean, we focus so much on what the legal status is at the federal level and trying to change that. But it sounds like the Policy Council is really focusing on kind of what comes after that. What are the, the policies that the federal government would take toward cannabis once the legalization question has been answered? Yeah, that's right. I mean, if you think of it, it's clear that when cannabis does become legal at the federal level, there will immediately be the need. It will probably be done at the same time, in fact. There'll be that need to determine how uh, cannabis should be treated, again, whether it's like alcohol or an herbal supplement or whatever. So we want to get ahead of that and start thinking about that now, working with the industry leaders that that have become part of the policy council to to talk about these issues and and figure out what we feel uh, would be an appropriate way to to um, regulate cannabis at the federal level. And do you think if we come up with structured ideas about various aspects of regulation like you're talking about here, that makes it more likely that we can work productively with the folks who will ultimately write those rules? Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, we're working with them already, and this will just give a, a more solid foundation for those discussions. Uh, you know, from my perspective I, I, perspective, I would much rather have us go into those conversations with a four- to five-page white paper on what we think is appropriate and, and describing the, the justification for that policy proposal uh, rather than just going into the conversations with a lot of people around the room and, and just saying what we think and then have a whole bunch of other people say what they think. You know, the more the more work we do ahead of time, the better. So I know it's early yet, but but how's it going so far? Is there a lot of presumably contentious issues to try to work out on these kinds of policies? Uh, or is that is that going all right so far with the policy council? Oh, absolutely. It's really going going as planned. I I, I don't want to say on the podcast what. What issue we're dealing with at the moment? I'd rather rather have it just maybe be the subject of a future podcast when when <laughs> it's enough. released. Um, but but it's working as planned, where we have put together a discussion draft uh, on the on the policy we're working on, and then had a meeting in Denver um, for policy council members to participate in during the seat to sale show. Uh, and talked about it, and then had follow-up conversations by phone, and it's really just a, a back and forth of, of listening to, to different opinions, and then providing um, co- the, the thoughts that we put together, and, and then having further conversation uh, about that, and, and just making our way toward some kind of consensus policy. It's great. It's an organized process, something that uh, I think is is probably a little bit new in terms of, of the industry trying to develop policy, at least at the federal level. Uh, we've seen that kind of success at the local and state level, but uh, it's great to see that happening at the top. I want to also talk a little bit about where we stand in our advocacy and policy work as an industry compared, say, to some others. I think we've seen an incredible amount of growth, and we've talked about that a lot. Uh, But I think also we sometimes forget how early we are in the process compared to other industries. Do you see an analogy with other industry groups say, the beer and wine industry or the natural foods industry or something like that that is a, a model for how we might grow and kind of a way to, to gauge where we are so far? Gee, um, I don't know that I've surveyed the landscape in, entirely to, to know which industry might, might prove to be a model. Um, but, but I certainly think that looking at where the, the alcohol industry is and and what they've done, um, you know, the the level of support they have from their members, the the amount of uh, contributions they're able to make politically. I mean, I, I think the 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 beer wholesalers uh, gave close to three million dollars in impact contributions in the in the last cycle. Um, so, I mean, that's that's where we want to grow to. Um, you know, I, I can't say whether our approach will be exactly the same in terms of what kind of policies we want, um, but certainly reaching that that stature where where we uh, are, are clearly representing the industry, uh, the members, um, 
are, are enthusiastic and, and are willing and able to, to put up additional resources so that we can make additional contributions to members, um, all of that will just enhance our ability to, to get things done and push things forward. Aaron, I know this policy council idea was something that, that you had been really excited about, a kind of a, a new step for NCIA. Uh, how was, what was it like kind of bringing people together? Are you excited about the direction that it's headed? Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, really commend we, the, the members that are participating. We have 17 members of the council, uh, because, you know, as we look to the future, the, the dialogue and the narrative has really changed in a, in a way that we're no longer debating whether or not people should be thrown in jail for marijuana. We're talking about how cannabis should be regulated and how it should be treated under under federal law uh, assuming that, pro, that that we're in a post-prohibition era and i really think that uh we're, we're doing a great job of getting in front of that that debate uh, because frankly some of our uh you know I'll say quote unquote opponents really don't look like the traditional prohibitionists that that we used to be debating uh in the public discourse around cannabis they uh are uh interests that want to see, you know, marijuana treated, you know, like a, you know, regulated, uh, like, um, through state, state run liquor stores, for example, that sort of a model, which, you know, I think does not serve a cannabis consumer. We've even seen, uh, proposals out there that, you know, cannabis consumers should have to register with the government before they can obtain their, you know, product through a government run dispensary. And these are the kinds of proposals that I think NCIA is well positioned to head off uh, by really showing that a free market but a regulated market uh, is the right way to treat cannabis. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, it's, it's important to know that even as we win certain battles, there are new ones on the horizon that we have to be uh, prepared to take on. So we are going to take one more quick break, uh, but before we do, I want to give a quick shout out to the folks who are helping make that NCIA Policy Council possible. We have four co-chairs of the Policy Council, uh, four businesses that have really stepped up to lead that, Candescent, LiveWell, MedMen, and WVapes have all really taken a leading role in the Policy Council. And if you're interested in finding out more about the Policy Council and its work, you can check that out on our website at thecannabisindustry.org slash policy council. So we're going to take that break. And when we get back, Aaron, Steve, and I will talk a little bit about some ways that you can get more involved in our cannabis advocacy work in 2017. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. 
Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you life yourself a joint. Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back. I'm NCIA Deputy Director Taylor West, and I've been talking with Aaron Smith, our Executive Director, and Steve Fox, our Co-Founder and Director of the new NCIA Policy Council. We've been talking a lot about the lobbying and advocacy work that NCIA does in Washington, D.C., and it's actually been kind of a busy time recently. Aaron, there have been a few developments in D.C. that have been exciting for us to see. Can you tell us about those? Yeah, we're just seeing you know more activity than ever before around cannabis coming out of the uh, November election when uh, we saw unprecedented unprecedented expansion of the adult use markets uh, with four new states coming on board, uh, as well as as medical marijuana states like Florida joining uh, the the team of states. Uh, let's call it with uh, alternative cannabis laws, uh, and now with most of the country living in a state with some form of cannabis industry. Uh, it's really, really incumbent upon Congress to take action and harmonize state and federal laws. Uh, we're really excited to see, uh, for the first time ever, a Congressional Cannabis Caucus was launched uh, by Congressman uh, Blumenauer, Rohrbacher, uh, and others uh, on the Hill last week to work on these issues. And uh, as we lead into the new Congress and, and of course, the new administration in the White House, uh, our lobby days are more important than ever. Um, and that's because we have new members of Congress and a new administration who, in some cases, have no experience really one-on-one, face-to-face uh, with anybody in the cannabis industry, even if they represent a state with the cannabis industry, and many don't. Uh, so it's really important that our members come out to D.C. and get involved uh, with with the lobby days, we make it very, very easy to become uh, a citizen advocate. Uh, we team you up with with other more experienced members who have been to DC with us before, uh, arm arm you with talking points and schedule meetings uh, for our members across the course of, of two days on the Hill. And we'll be talking about issues like the need to reform 280E so that our businesses can take the ordinary tax deductions afforded to every other small business in this country, the need to reform banking and ultimately the need to uh, end federal marijuana prohibition. And again, from the perspective of 
the business owner, uh, not, you know, this, we, we don't expect uh, our members to be polished lobbyists overnight. Uh, we really want them to come in and be themselves and, and talk about what something like 280E, for example, means for their business and their ability to provide benefits to their employees and how it affects them and the community around them directly. Uh, so really, really encourage uh, everybody listening to find out more about Lobby Days. We uh, have uh, the CannabisIndustry.org website uh, with more information. And once registered, uh, we will know that you're attending so that we can start building a schedule uh, for you. Uh, and we also preparing uh, online webinars for uh, first Lobby Day first timers uh, leading up leading up to the the events of uh, May 16th and 17th. Yeah, we have a really exciting schedule this year uh, in part because we are holding Lobby Days in conjunction with Marijuana Business Daily's Spring Marijuana Business Conference and Expo. They're holding that in Washington, D.C. this year, and it's happening later in the week. Our Lobby Days are May 16th and 17th, and then MJ BizCon kicks off on the 17th. So if you're thinking about coming to either of those, you can coordinate uh, and come to both. And even better, if you register for our Lobby Days, you will get a discount code to be used for registration at MJ BizCon that will give you a $100 discount. Really appreciate on a Business Daily for creating that, that incentive. Yeah, I, I think like we said before, uh, perhaps this is uh, not only the most important lobby days ever, but I think going to be uh, the largest uh, turnout ever. We have more registered at this point than ever before already, uh, and you know I think we can easily see 300 uh, members up on the hill, and there's you know 535 uh, offices uh, between the House and the Senate, and I think that uh, we'll be able to to touch each one of them. Uh, across the course of, of the two days. So it's really quite exciting. Steve, we're almost out of time, but just as someone who works on the Hill on a regular basis, how important is it for these staff members to actually meet real people and not just you know, the, the professional advocates? It's really important. I mean, when I, when I think about the lobby days, one thing that stands out to me is way back, I guess it was probably... Uh, early 2013, if I'm remembering correctly, and and we had a meeting with Senator Leahy's staff, and and one of our members talked about how she had to, you know, bring you know a pocketbook or purse full of cash to uh, to pay her taxes monthly, and and the potential danger associated with that, and and that really helped. Um, open eyes in, in that office and, and I believe really led to Senator Leahy being a solid ally for us in terms of pushing the Department of Justice to issue guidance that would um, you know allow financial institutions to work with the industry. So so people telling their stories really has an impact. So it's really, really great for people to to come in and, and meet their own representatives and, and talk to others as well. Thanks, Steve. And that is all the time we have for today. Thanks so much to everyone for joining us for NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. And thanks to Steve and Aaron for being fantastic guests. We hope you all have a great week and we'll see you here next week.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.